0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Yes, we bring you best. We bring you sports. I don't care about bragging rights. It just introduces more volatility into the equation. I don't care about victory laps. Stop it, please stop it. <laughs> Throw the football into the floor. The BetQL
0: Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper. Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos.
1: Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form.
2: It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM.
1: Hour number two here, Tremendous Football Thursday. Nick and Ken, and you here on the BetQL Network. Great to be simulcast for the next two hours by our friends at Stadium. You're watching us right now on Stadium. We sincerely appreciate it. We're about to give you two hours of amazing coverage to get you set to bet and win this weekend on the National Football League and college football. In 20 minutes our friend Connor Allen from 4 for 4 in Bettsburg stops by giving us his favorite props for Week 10 in the NFL. Reese Davis, the host of ESPN College Game Day, joins us one hour from now. We'll talk Michigan with Reese Davis their game against Penn State and also, like what's going on with the program right now, obviously. Ole Miss in Georgia, that's where game day will be this weekend, at Athens for Georgia against Ole Miss. College football playoff, Heisman, and more with Reese Davis one hour from now. Joey Knish joins us in hour number two. We'll also continue to bring you the best breakdown of NFL awards that, that you can get anywhere with our guy, the GOAT of award betting, Ken Barkley, you know, Lockie Lockerson. Uh, now that we're at the halfway point of the season, taking the temperature of these NFL award markets, final hour to the show is the Power Hour. We'll feature all our bets for tonight. But joining us right now to kick things off the fun and frivolity here on Stadium on this tremendous football Thursday is our friend Adam Chernoff, one of the best out there in the business. He is the host of the Simple Handicap Podcast, a great daily NFL betting podcast that we encourage our listeners and viewers to check out. Churn comes on our show every week, has been coming on since 2019. He supports us. Support him. Check out his podcast, The Simple Handicap, and also check out the Right Angle Sports app. It's a free download featuring insight and commentary from pro bettors on everything that happens in the NFL. Churn is kind enough sometimes to send me his write-ups that he has on the app. They are outstanding. Urge people to check it out. And he's on Twitter at his name, at Adam Chernoff. Big Churn, welcome back to You Better You Bet, Nick and Ken. Happy Week 10
2: happy week 10 to you guys i'm looking forward to the award market breakdown you guys have coming up because i have no idea i got asked on a show and i'm like i, I got no answers for this one uh going into week 10 <laughs> yeah. so i need some advice there and ken you'll lead me the right direction with those
0: Well, I, I appreciate that yeah i think there's there's seven nfl award markets that are usually open i mean like three are probably like almost done or like close or like big favorites Four are kind of trending that way, just kind of like MVP is MVP is going to get weird. Coach has a chance to get weird. Comeback player of the year has been weird the whole time. And I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, I don't know what's I don't know. A lot of people are on different sides of the fence on that one, but that's because you came and you came on earlier to Adam. Actually, now that I think about it and uh, and I know you were like, at the time, and you can have totally changed your mind by now, so I'm not trying to like pigeonhole you. But I remember at the time, very early in the season, you came on and you were like, "Demar Ham is about to be active for the first time. Like he's going to play. That probably ends comeback player of the year." And to your to your point, all of the mid season content that's come out has kind of at least stuck with that for now. But there's a tinge of like, well, what if he just never plays the rest of the season? Like, what happens? Do, have you have you thought about that at all? I just remember you saying that earlier in the year.
2: Yeah, it's like I think we're getting kind of told by the Bills what they sort of think of him because the Bills are just littered with injuries in the secondary and throughout, and they're still not starting him. And so, like, don't you have to come back to be the comeback player of the year at some point in play versus some of these other guys? Like, I I don't know what to make of it. I'm just surprised to see him still favored because you kind of – like, if there was a path for him to come back and be on the field – you're you're getting all of it with the injuries and he's still third or fourth string even with the injuries so i mean to see him minus 115 seems so odd to me but then you get like i'm curious to see your segment all these guys behind them like there's so many murky oh, cases for what you can yeah well, can i ask you like, like, one of them can i
0: ask you can i ask sure. you about one case real quick uh please just because you're a jets fan so i have to ask you when do you think rogers comes back this year What week do you think he would come back where he could actually win this? Do you think it's possible?
2: It's so hard to know what guys are going to vote for, but to me, if Rodgers comes back and that watch picture that Ben Kurt had that was the 28th of December, and he gets in, which would be three games in the regular season, if I'm counting right, and the Jets happen to hang on, and he wins, and the Jets squeak into, like, the seven seed as a wild card, that, to me, is... Is automatic. I, it, it would be historic from an injury perspective. Oh, he perspective, wins MVP so I mean, if that
1: happens. Comeback player. He's uh, you, the most valuable player. man of the year. Right? <laughs> he's, a, he's, 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 the, he's the time person of the year if that happens.
0: If
2: that happens and you get, say, like a game from DeMar Hamlin where he's semi relevant within it before the Bills' guys get healthier, to me, Rodgers gets it over Hamlin getting it coming back from that for sure.
1: For, for what it's worth, just like living here in New York and like doing local media and consuming content here people here, like, are pretty sure that he's coming back before. The, I, that doesn't mean he's going to, just that, like, the consensus is is that he's going to play before the end of the regular season for the Jets, assuming they're still in it. If they, like, lose out by the time he comes back, I'm sure they're right. not going to play him. But they got to still, like, exactly. be somewhat Only in it. We losses. would think that that'll be the case. Yep. So, yeah. well, well, we'll find we'll find out what Churn thinks. Let's do that first here. We'll work backwards, Churn. But while we're on the subject sure. here, your Jets, uh, anywhere from, like, a one-point favorite to a one-point dog, it's basically like pick the win of the game coming up on Sunday night on the road in the, against the Raiders, who handled my Giants last week. Probably a bit of a stiffer test, though, coming up against your Jets. What do you like in the Jets-Raiders game on Sunday night?
2: Okay, there's two storylines from last week that have carried over into this week, which were great last week, but I'm betting against both of them this week, and this is the first one. So you get the Raiders reset, you get the whole house cleaned, you get sign of the, the step-up game, everyone shows up, it's the new fresh start. Right. That happened last week. It was amazing. And that is like a historic spot throughout the league where when that happens, you get that big boost. A massive difference going from the Giants defense with Tommy DeVito on the other side to playing this Jets defense. And like I get the Jets offense is a disaster. It's okay. This defense for New York is gonna put a big test on this Raiders offense. And to me, where these two teams are priced right now, it's basically just disregarding the Jets who will have the best. Unit on the field, which is that defense. It's just kind of pushing that to the side. And I mean, I'm looking at what the Raiders have done defensively. Zach Wilson can probably get away with scoring 17 points. That's a mountain for him to climb in this game. But just the Raiders, they have Max Crosby up front who can get pressure. But otherwise, it's just a lot of soft coverage that I think the Jets can move the ball. Away. So I've got to back the Jets, minus 110 on the money line. Great story for the Raiders. I get it. But I mean, if you want to back some of these quotes that are coming out this week about running the football and punching the opponent in the mouth I mean we'd usually be laughing at this coach and offensive coordinators if they're saying this for any other team and now it's like this great story uh I'm against it this week I'll take the Jets
0: so Adam you mentioned there were like two big stories from last week and you're you're against both of them and the first one that you mentioned was the Raiders clean house they have a new coach they win it's a great moment I see I see another bet on the list that you sent us, and so I think I'll go there next. I think that's the other one. Josh Dobbs has an amazing game last week for the Vikings. They beat Atlanta, and it's like, oh, wow, like maybe maybe Minnesota found a quarterback that can get them that seven seed. What an incredible story. And the Saints come to town this week, and the Saints have looked pretty good the last couple weeks. And to, this number has gotten bet out, too. The Saints were two and a half at open. It's now three basically everywhere, so interest in the Saints. What about Josh Dobbs game two here uh, with the Saints coming to town?
2: This would be the second part. So I like the Saints here, minus three, minus 105. If you can find two and a half, minus 120, that's good too. Uh, here's my thing. So Drew Petzing is the offensive coordinator for the Cardinals who came over from the Browns. It, when he got Josh Dobbs, that was the guy that he wanted because he had the past history. That history got Dobbs through eight weeks, and then Petsing was like, All right, that's enough. See you later. Like, the league kind of knows what you are. They get this offense. We can't go much further with you. We're going to go to Clayton Toon and then eventually to Kyler Murray. So he just threw his guy out because the league had figured out what the Cardinals' offense was. He gets put into the Vikings game. We've all seen the tweets by now. The, The cadence wasn't known and on and on and on. I get it. Now it's another week where the Saints with a defensive-minded head coach and Dennis Allen, who's well-respected for what he can do defensively, with a great front seven and a lockdown corner, playing a Vikings team with a quarterback that's now on tape that they can plan for with the extra couple days to get it sorted, who's going to be throwing to probably wide receiver number three at the best with no Jefferson, and you're still dealing with Osborne having the concussion. You have a ground game that has been non-existent. Uh, To me, this is just a spot where kind of the great story runs out again. So give me the Saints minus three.
1: You better you bet with Nick and Ken. Tremendous football Thursday. Talking Week 10 in the NFL with our friend Adam Chernoff of the Simple Handicap Podcast and Right Angle Sports. He is on Twitter at Adam Chernoff. We got a bunch of games we still have to hit. So let's go like a little bit lightning round here, maybe like thirty to forty-five seconds per if you'd be so kind. Let's go to uh, two you teams coming off their bye. One of the games of the thank you. One of the games of the weekend coming up in Jacksonville this weekend. The Niners three-point road favorites at the Jags. What do you like here? San Fran and Jacksonville.
2: So three straight losses for San Francisco. We've seen just market ratings based on closing lines. They're about three and a half points shy of where they were before that losing streak started. A lot of that was fueled by injuries. Uh, Left tackle, Debo Samuel, some other guys on the defense have been hurt. You now have Shanahan putting more emphasis on the defense to change back into what they were a year ago. We're seeing Steve Wilkes being moved around, a lot of pressure on that side, adding Chase Young. Uh, To me, everything sort of sorts itself out for the 49ers, and we're getting them a little bit underpriced against the Jags team that has beat up on some bad teams in the last couple of weeks and has seen their price be bet up a little bit. And so... If those two sort of streaks were a little bit reversed, San Francisco four and a half five wouldn't have been out of the question. Now we're down at the three. To me, uh, we're more likely to get a better game from the Niners than we are the Jags. So I'll take San Francisco laying three.
0: Adam, you mentioned uh, Drew Petzing. Arizona's uh, Drew Petzing? had a lot of run today. Arizona's offensive coordinator. He gets Kyler Murray back this week. Your guy I'm kind of how you see. He's he's my guy. I thought he would be brutal. And to be fair, they haven't won a lot of games, but maybe he's not brutal. I don't even know if we know. He gets Kyler Murray back this week, Adam, in a home game against Atlanta. Everybody this week criticizing Arthur Smith, saying he sucks. They're a a one-and-a-half-point road favorite. The total in the game, 42-and-a-half, 43. How about this in about 45 seconds?
2: Taylor Heineke says this is his Super Bowl. (laughs) Imagine having your Super Bowl on the road facing the Cardinals, and that sort of shows the state of the season for the Falcons, who will get Drake London back, their top wide receiver. I think that matters quite a bit against the bad Cardinals defense. And then, Ken, like you mentioned on the other side, it's the boost with Kyler Murray coming back into the offense. So I think we see a much better Cardinals offense. who's not only played a couple tough opponents in a row, but gone through the QB switch. Uh, this totals 43 at the moment. I will take the over in this game.
1: All right, Charon, let's get thoughts on two games here. It's basically like identical point spreads here, and then we'll get to Monday Night Football, and if we have time, I thought for the Panthers and the Bears on Thursday Night Football as well. Seattle sitting at about a a 6.5-point home favorite against the Washington Commanders, and the Ravens is about a a 6.5-point home favorite against the Cleveland Browns. What do you like here in those two games?
2: I, I want to say this is the first time I've ever done this on the show. been with you guys for four-plus seasons now. I will go a money line parlay. Here we go. Seahawks and Ravens, both on the money line. It's right around minus 110. Both of these teams just shy of seven. Not enough to tease here. We'll Take the money line instead. Ravens trending towards the number one team in the NFL, and it's all this praise for the defense which I think is a better unit than the Browns. This Cleveland offense has so many issues to me. Now that's going to be exaggerated with the loss of their left tackle. So you have no starting left tackle, no starting right tackle against this Ravens defense. Baltimore at home, I think, can win comfortably. And then you go to Seattle. It was Geno Smith back-to-back weeks against this Ravens defense and this Browns defense. Two of the top units in the NFL, ranked one and two. Both really good at man coverage as well. And now it's a big step back for him going back home to Seattle against the Commanders secondary, which 10 days ago was selling everybody off, getting rid of their two best pass rushers. And so I think we see Seattle trend back towards that team they were before these last two weeks, and they win comfortably at home as well. So it's a a rare one for me, but just with both of these games right around six and a half, uh, I like the money lines in both together, and I'll take that as a two-team money line parlay.
1: We love it. Churn, 30 seconds, Monday Night Football. Bills laying seven and a half against the Broncos.
2: Bills have the team meeting today. Seems like that team's getting back together. It's an interesting story. I think Josh Allen still has a bit of a shoulder injury that's causing some accuracy issues downfield. And this Broncos defense trending up sneakily the last couple weeks. I think seven and a half here for me with Denver. A little bit too much. So I'll take the Broncos as a dog on Monday Night Football.
1: Hell yeah, you will. So will we. And uh, anything for the people, Churn, Thursday night football, could be a side, could be a total, could be a prop. The game's so ugly, only a mother could love it with the Panthers and the Bears.
2: Everyone's going to be on their phone tonight and probably not watching the game because whatever's on their phone is going to be more entertaining, but you're still going to be watching it. And if that's the case, you probably have a sportsbook app ready to go. I've kind of come around, guys, to in-play props quite a bit. Keep an eye if the Panthers are trailing for Miles Sanders' rush and receiving yards over in play. The books not quite pricing this right in play with the new split. uh, We're going to see Sanders get a lot more run. Some other pros really big on Sanders tonight, low on Hubbard. I think we see that backfield split, but watch for Sanders in the passing game if the Panthers are trailing. He's going to get a lot of looks, so that's what I'm keeping my eye on.
1: I love that churn, two-team money line parlay in-play props. We're loosening it I love that. you I, I, I gotta, like, got to get the zipper down a little bit, churn. You want to loosen up even more. Let's get that zipper down <laughs> a little bit here. I've got and the, I, the pastor look here
2: unintentionally. The, <laughs> the look here unintentionally. The, it's a weird yeah. one. but, yeah, Quarters, but like, looks like he's like going to do
1: half-zip. Yeah, he right. looks like he's doing like a next up on the Manning cast. Here's our pal Adam Chernoff. Uh, just like Sanders passing the eye test big time last week for me. Uh, for, for whatever that's worth, maybe nothing. Churn, thanks for coming on. Good luck with the bets this weekend. Everyone check out the Simple Handicap and the Right Angle Sports app. We will talk to you next week.
2: Thanks very much, guys. Enjoy the game.
1: Churn, baby, churn. Our friend Adam Do Chernoff here on You Better, You Do Better. I have to
0: enjoy
1: the game? Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, you'd like to. On the other okay. side, our pal Connor Allen with prop bets for Week 10 in the NFL.
2: One of the best games of his career last week. Lawrence has it shut wide open. Christian Kirk. Touchdown.
0: Welcome back to You Better You Bet. Brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network.
1: Ah, we're getting freaky my fellow Greek Spiro Dinas. my fellow Fordham Ram on the call there from a couple weeks ago. Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars entered their bye at 6-2 and, and now we will host the 5-3 San Francisco 49ers one of the games of the weekend coming up on Sunday in the National Football League. Our friend Connor Allen from Spurts and 4 for 4 will join us in just a second to give us bets for that game and the rest of the slate coming up in the National Football League. But 20 minutes from now, we get back to talking NFL awards here at the halfway point of the season. We touched on MVP, offensive and defensive player of the the year we'll get to offensive rookie of the year maybe a really short conversation but we'll hit the rest of the award markets as we move on today on the show with the goat of award betting our guy ken barkley the host of espn's college game day reese davis still to come pro sports better joey knish still to come evan silva from establish the run will join us in the final hour power hour and we'll also give you all our bets for tonight in the final hour of the show. But joining us right now is our friend, the aforementioned Connor Allen does an awesome job for our friends at Betsperts and 4 for 4 and his NFL betting podcast, Move the Line, featuring other You Better You Bet guests like Ryan Noonan and John Daigle can be found wherever you find your podcasts. Again, that pod again is Move the Line. And Connor is on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. My friend, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Happy Week 10 to you and yours
3: what's up guys yeah it's uh another good week to grind some football here i feel like i'm getting the wind (laughs) taken out of me a little bit here but i'm looking at the board and you know i I look at the the unabated board and and it's just like everything blends together now and i'm like oh man we're hitting that point in the season yeah
0: just like yeah the vision gets a little blurry like i was doing like some data
3: entry earlier today and just the numbers are
0: all i just like i gotta i gotta take a break i gotta like step away for a second like i gotta (laughs) do that but uh still still have like a lot of bets to go over still can still can make valuable bets still can win we're only halfway through it, so we gotta got to power through here a little bit. And we we talked about San Francisco and Jacksonville, Connor, like maybe, maybe the game of the week. Definitely a really interesting game from a betting standpoint. Had a lot of people come on in like San Francisco so far uh, throughout the week. I think Nick and I both kind of lean that way in the game, but we haven't talked a lot about the total and kind of what the expectations might be. So San Fran, a three-point favorite, total 45. What are you expecting from, uh, from Niners and Jags?
3: Yeah, I would lean towards San as well, but I think there's a few angles here that I really think are, are specifically key in this matchup here because... Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, so far under pressure has not really been all that good, but he's only been pressured on 27% of his dropbacks. It's like one of the fourth lowest rate in the league. The Niners, the last two weeks or last two games they played, allowed 8.8 yards per attempt to uh, Joe Burrow, 8 yards per attempt to Kirk Cousins. They were only pressuring quarterbacks 36% of the time, which is 17th in the league after they were normally gotten a good pressure rate. Now they added... Chase Young obviously at the trade deadline so I think that's a massive key in this game because if they're able to get pressure Lawrence could be in trouble if they're not um you know I think that this Jags offense could have plenty of success but regardless I do really really expect this Niners offense to have success you know getting Trent Williams back Debo Samuels back um you know everyone is kind of coming together in this spot here and this Jacksonville defense kind of looking at similar splits here with with pressure and not pressure they don't get pressure very often right now. And Brock Purdy, even in there's like two down games, you know, air quotes there around down games. Uh, when he's not pressured, 30 of 39 completions, uh, 11.7 yards per attempt. When he's not put pressure on the season, 10.4 yards per attempt, uh, 78% completion rate. And as I mentioned Art, earlier, Jacks don't really get much pressure. So I expect a lot of scoring here. This total opened at like 47.5, maybe 48. has moved down to 45. I kind of understand some of the pessimism, uh, you know, regarding on the other side. But... I really think that at forty-five, this is a good look on the over here, especially with some of the stats that I mentioned.
1: And just from a, from like a yardage player perspective on Sunday, like. I Debo going to be shot out of a cannon, I think, in this game. I think is going to have a monster game. We'll talk more about that coming up on Sunday. All right, so Connor, with a play on the total of the Niners-Jaguars game. Another great game we've got coming up on Sunday, Connor. that you have a play on the total uh, on is the Lions and the Chargers in Los Angeles. Detroit come off its bye. Uh, I guess the Chargers kind of had a bye last week, taking down taking down the Jets, in a game that the Jets basically, like, gift-wrapped to them and handed them on Monday Night Football. A Total is 48-and-a-half. Uh, what do you think here on the total of the Lions? Lions-Chargers game and any other thoughts you have on that particular contest?
3: Yeah, both these teams have really unique splits here, especially this Lions team. So overall, the Lions defense, like their metrics look pretty good, you know. they're top 10 in basically EPA success rate, especially against the pass here. But if you split it up and look at like who they played and where, how they perform against those teams, uh, you know, they... Shut down Jimmy G, Baker, Bryce Young, Jordan Love, and Desmond Ritter, but then allowed both Lamar Jackson and Geno Smith to throw for 300 plus passing yards. And Patrick Mahomes, who I think played one of his worst games of the season, didn't play all that well. But if you combine all that together, it's like those three games against good quarterbacks 300 passing yards per game, eight and a half yards per attempt, 12.9% explosive pass rate allowed. So I think that's probably what we're going to see here from a Chargers offense uh, that even though without Mike Williams, without likely Josh Palmer, Um, You know, I I think that they're a step above, significantly step above some of the other competition that the Lions have shut down here. And then the other side, I mean, the Chargers defense has, you know, I guess looked better as of late, but they played basically no one. They played against three good teams. They allowed 466 yards and three touchdowns at Tua, 367 and three to Kirk, and then 424 and four to Mahomes. So I don't know. I think when you contextualize it and see that both teams are playing against good offenses in this spot, that uh, the upside here is really immense, so I like this game to go over the forty and a half point total. Total, I know I I hate coming on you know a radio show and just touting two overs, but uh, it is truly what I'm playing this week. So you know I like both to go over here.
0: I, it, if you got bets, we want to, I don't over under, I don't care. It's like whatever, whatever you're betting on, that's what we want to know. And, and, and to be fair, like, I think we're going to do a couple prop unders. and We're going to get some, some kind of lower expectations. We've talked about Browns Ravens already throughout the week, but on this show too, Connor, we did MVP in the first hour of the show. And I, I just kind of made the argument, okay, like. Yes, Lamar Jackson can be ahead like in the polling right now, and he's had a great season. People may want to vote for him, uh, but they are entering a game in which they are six, six and a half point favorite against maybe like the number one defense in the league. And it'll be interesting to see like the Ravens offense, which has started clicking a little bit like against Seattle and against Detroit. How does it look in this game and how do kind of like their skill position players look? Is it going to be a running back by committee? I think that leads to maybe some bets that you have expectations for you for this game, Ravens and Browns on Sunday.
3: Yeah, I like Gus Edwards here to go under his prop. Uh, we're looking at, I think it opened 47 and a half, 48. We're looking at like 45 in most spots now. The key here is Keaton Mitchell. Obviously, everyone sees that he blew up last week, 138 rushing yards and nine carries. But the key is that, you know, in the first half, Him, Gus Edwards, and Justice Hill all had four carries. This is prior to it being a blowout. So, yes, he blew up in, you know, at the end of the game when there was, you know, basically garbage time. But the key was they're giving all those guys work when it was not garbage time. And so now in this matchup here against the Browns, Browns' second in rushing success rate allowed, have largely done a really good job of stopping opposing running games. In the last time these teams played, which was, again, a massive blowout by the Ravens here with DTR drawing the start on the Browns side, we have this Ravens or Gus Edwards only had 48 rushing yards on 15 carries. And that was with Justice Hill only getting three carries. So I think we're going to see a lot of different factors here kind of leaning towards the under, whether it's balanced workload, tough matchup, and then probably, I would guess, hopefully, uh, you know, closer game script. Uh, you know, that's TBD with the, them still being six-point favorites. But it's tough to predict like a, you know, 28 to three blowout or whatever again.
1: You better, you bet here with Nick and Ken on a tremendous football Thursday. Talking week 10 in the National Football League with our pal Connor Allen from four for four in bet spurts. Connor on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. We do have some breaking news in the National Football League that we'll bring now. in Connor, like, if you don't have a thought on betting thought on this game, totally all right. But, um, we do have news on T Higgins, Ian Rappaport of NFL media tweeting like a minute ago. T Higgins injured his, his, uh, hamstring in practice on Wednesday, didn't practice today. Um, Rappaport saying, and this is on Thursday. So like, this could be like, a week-to-week thing here, and the report actually does write that. Um, Higgins not expected to play on Sunday for the Bengals against the Houston Texans, and this is going to be like a week-by-week thing now with Higgins. Hamstring injuries are obviously really tricky. They're going to want Higgins healthy for the stretch run here. That's something that could be problematic for Cincinnati. It is worth noting Jamar Chase uh, did practice today on a limited fashion, putting Chase probably on track to play on Sunday, although we'll see what the practice report holds in that particular game uh, tomorrow on Friday. Um when Ken said lowered expectations, it reminded me of that old, like, I think it was Mad TV with the old skit. Lowered expectations. And, Connor, it looks like you've got some lowered expectations. Thursday night football tonight. And if you've got a thought on side in total with the Bears and the uh, Panthers, we'd love that as well. But what do you think we see tonight in the prop market as it concerns the Panthers running backs?
3: Yeah, I took some Chuba Hubbard unders right now. We're seeing Frank Reich going to his press conference. He's actually been one of the most reliable coaches in terms of workload uh, so far this season. Basically, like, what he says he's been pretty truthful about regarding their workload. And so he basically said, "Yeah, like we view Chuba Hubbard still as the starter." And he said, "Like you know, quote starter, but we want to you know get a pretty even workload between him and Miles Sanders going forward." Because we saw, saw Miles Sanders at the beginning of the year be the starter and then slowly work into being the backup because he wasn't playing very well. And then the last two weeks, he saw two carries out of the bye, six carries last week, but he looked really good. He had a good second half. And so I think that we see that workload start to balance out here. And this Bears run defense has actually been pretty good. Uh, you know, like top five in rushing success rate, they're allowing the fewest amount of carries to go for more than three-plus yards in the, in the league. So, And they're only allowing, I think, 3.2 yards per carry to a, opposing running backs. So there's a lot of things here where – the Bears run defense, which I guess kind of makes sense when you spend all your money on off-ball linebackers, and you know now they got an edge rusher in Montez Sweat who is actually a really good run defender. I think it all adds up there for them being good run defense. So Chuba Hubbard's line open at forty-five. We're still seeing anything about forty. I think is pretty strong here because you know you're going to see probably more of a balance workload between him, Miles Sanders. If you do want to play Miles Sanders receiving or rushing overs, I don't mind that. But again, the matchup's a little tougher, so I think that's uh, a little bit thinner for me.
0: Connor, we'll, we'll get your thoughts on uh, the rest of Sunday props in a second. I just want to ask you about the Bills real quick, a team that we've spent a ton of time on this week. And it seems like I think we had Eric Eager kind of point this out that there's like two there's two ways to go here, right? There's seven and a half against Denver on Monday Night Football. Okay, it can be like I, I think this is finally the bottom and like n- no more losing. And they get back. And if the playoffs started today, the Bills would not be in the playoffs, which I think would be really jarring for a lot of people. Okay, like this is the time to buy finally or and like nick and i feel this way i think we just had adam Chernoff off on he likes denver we're all kind of Pizzola likes Denver. like we're all kind of like no like this is just what they are and we like the broncos and not even we like the broncos just like i think we're out on the bills a little bit like if you had to pick you know at the mid-season point how does the second half of the Bills season go like what's the most likely result do you have a strong opinion on that going into monday night football
3: well, it's really tough because this bill's defense has been like horrendous since uh you know they lost some of their key starters they're you know they're basically gutted like right down the center of their defense they're losing multiple players and I mean the results have shown they've basically been ripped by you know in three straight games here or I guess five straight games at this point uh you know depending on their opponents like anyone with a pulse has been you know pretty successful against them and I think that that is gonna cause problems here like I don't think Denver's a particularly good offense but at seven and a half you could probably make a case for them to you know cover here i think pretty well and then defensively denver's defense has been playing better you know they're not probably not a historically bad defense like we saw the first few weeks uh and so that's you know kind of crazy to say after they gave up 70 to miami but i think at this point they're they're a little bit better than that and the, the bills offense just hasn't been smooth it hasn't been consistent and that's some of what we saw early career josh allen and i think we're seeing it kind of again here uh you know it's not always consistent for this team so I don't know if I have too much of a strong take on this game or the rest of the season, but um, it's something I'm certainly closely monitoring. And in the right spots, we'll, you know, like last week, be playing playing the other team, like we did with Cincy.
1: Uh, one last piece of a lot of breaking news is coming in just for the benefit of our live audience. Yeah. Then we'll get to the rest of Connor's bets for Sunday. Uh, Field Yates of ESPN tweeting the Cardinals waving running back Tony Jones from their roster, which likely means, and, and Field writing this in his tweet, that James Connor, like, may, probably going to play on Sunday now, returning from IR, along with Kyler Murray as the Cardinals host the Atlanta Falcons. All right, Connor, hit us with it here. We have about 90 seconds here for this. Any other bets that you like coming up for week 10 in the NFL?
3: Yeah, I got a couple more props that I'm looking for or I'm interested in Uh, TJ Hawkinson overs as long as he's healthy, you know, leads all targets and tight ends and targets right now. And then Josh Dobbs targeted his tight ends like an insane amount of time in in Arizona here through the tight end position. Thirty three percent of the time. Only Lamar Jackson has a higher rate over the over, you know, that span, I think, specifically. So I think we're going to see a ton of TJ Hawkinson targets. Uh, Josh Dobbs rushing overs. Uh, great matchup you know they've allowed 34 uh rushing yards to Bryce Young 39 to Jordan Love 31 to Baker Mayfield 59 to Trevor Lawrence 70 to Tyson Bajan. so I think that there's a lot of you know potentially successful outings here for Josh Dobbs and like I also too think that he's probably gonna lean more on his legs considering he knows very little about the offense and we saw the Vikings come in and scheme offensive runs for Jared Hall and maybe they do the same with Josh Dobbs here so you're probably gonna get a pretty low number on that I think that's exciting um Depending on what Kyle Phillips numbers are at, I know it sounds gross, but there's you know reports about him working after practice with Phil Levis one, or Will Levis one on one, and then you know I think that that matters, and he's playing a lot. Traylon Burke's probably going to miss this game, uh, and so you know, we saw it in the last game that connection there kind of pan out. So I think we could get some some alt overs on him, especially considering they're playing against Tampa Bay, whose secondary has played absolutely brutal. And then last one here, Bijan and Tyler Algier. I'm taking the overs. I'm going back to the well here. I think that. Probably both of those guys are in for a good, good spot here against Arizona.
1: Yeah, I feel like uh, Arthur Smith might have gotten like a stern talking to from people and maybe like we'll see things start to change a little bit in Atlanta. And, like I'm not joking when I say that. Connor, awesome stuff as always, my man. We appreciate the time on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL ConnorAllenNFL. BetsBurts 4 for 4 in the Move the Line podcast. Stay well. Good luck with the bets. We'll talk to you soon.
3: Thanks, guys. Talk next week
1: our pal Connor Allen joining us here on you better you bet uh we'll do like the the Bengals stuff after the break and then we'll get two awards we'll get Ken's analysis on the market right now for the Bengals and the Texans but I uh I I think we may get more like Bijan coming up on Sunday from the Falcons I think yeah. Arthur Smith's tone is already kind of like changed in the way that he's addressing people addressing the media I think this is going to be like a different sort of Arthur Smith moving forward now after maybe some conversations he might have had this week for like the brass in Atlanta just a thought for sure
0: yeah if it's a I mean fascinating game like is it a buy point for Atlanta or because they're playing Kyler Murray does that kind of mess up that handicap and the idea that there's like a pivot point there um I'm buying Atlanta but I, I could see both sides of the argument and Adam likes the over I think we all I all makes make sense to all of us
1: on the other side we'll get Ken's thoughts on uh, T Higgins missing the game for the Bengals on Sunday the current market for the Bengals and the Texans and then we get back to NFL Awards to wrap up our number two on this Thursday. Second,
2: trouble Put on the to, Higgins, to the
0: pylon the they him out of first. Welcome back to You Better You Bet. Brought to you by Bet MGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network.
1: Mike Tarico with the call there. T. Higgins with a really great game last week against the Buffalo Bills. And when he's been healthy, he's been awesome, you know, because he's really good at the at the game of football. Uh, T. Higgins, though, it was reported by Ian Rappaport about ten minutes ago in real time. We uh, we said it during the interview with Connor Allen in the last segment. T. Higgins not going to play on Sunday for the Bengals as they host the Houston Texans week to week with a hamstring injury. Like bad news for a Bengals team. I'm afraid I've got some bad news for you. Bengals team on the ascent. No T. Higgins. It does look like Jamar Chase will play in the game. Limited practice for Chase today on Thursday. We'll obviously be monitoring his practice status coming up tomorrow on a Friday. Just a reminder and we'll get Ken's thoughts on that market with the Bengals and the Texans and then we'll get back to NFL Awards. 20 minutes from now, the host of ESPN's College Game Day, the legend Reese Davis will join us here on You Better You Bet talking all things college football. Joey Kanish and Evan Silva still to come. Power hour final hour featuring all our bets for tonight. Ken, we'll get back to awards in a second, but where do we stand right now on this Bengals Texans game? Burrow against Stroud. No T. Higgins now, basically confirmed by Ian Rappaport for Cincinnati on Sunday.
0: Pretty predictable market movement in this game with, with both reports and obviously T. Higgins like looming larger right now, but just the right now, just the idea that the Bengals offense is going to be shorthanded. Uh this was kind of like six and a half with a couple sevens on the board a couple hours ago. All the sevens are gone. Uh, even the ones that were juiced pretty like prohibitively towards Houston, the six and a halfs are minus one ten, and for the first time, a couple sixes have appeared on the board in this game. So, uh, you know, you're getting a sort of predictable movement. We were kind of going to come off seven anyway while we waited for Chase's status with Higgins out. Probably like the seven's never going to come back again. So, like if you bet Houston seven, you've probably made a good bet that's going to age really well in terms of what actually happens in the game. Like I'd want to know if Chase was playing. I'd want to think more about it. But just the immediate impact is that a game that was on a key number at the start of the week isn't going to get back there or remotely close i think uh cincinnati about six six and a half now in the market
1: it's like that r&b song i want to know if jamar chase is gonna play i'd like to know uh we'll give you our bets for this game coming up tomorrow phenomenal football friday with nick and ken the Bengals and the texans and the rest of the slate but for now jake please bring the music back up here and ken let's get back to p squared b squared nfl awards where we've hit mvp we hit Offensive Rookie, uh, Offensive Player of the Year, excuse me, we'll get to Offensive Rookie in a second, and we did Defensive Player of the Year, if you're out there and you're like, hey, like, I I didn't hear them talk about that, I'm watching on Stadium right now. We did it in the first hour of the show, and you could find it wherever you find your podcasts. Just search You Bet wherever you find your podcasts, and you will find that and more from Nick and Ken on You Better You Bet. Ken, let's go to Offensive Rookie of the Year now where... C.J. Stroud's about minus infinity to win the award. Minus 500. You know, following maybe the greatest game a rookie quarterback's ever played this past Sunday. 470 yards and five touchdowns. Stroud, now minus 500. One for each of the touchdown passes he threw last week. Puka Nakua, 7-1. Jameer Gibbs at 14. Bijan Robinson at 22. And, like, I- I'm sure the answer is no, but, like, I see that price. and just like, maybe he gets rolling in the second half, or maybe not. Jordan Addison is 25. You'll love it at Will Levis, along with Devon Achan, both at 30. Bryce Young has dropped to 50-1 to ahead of tonight's game for the Panthers on the road at Chicago against Tyson Bajans and the Bears. Ken, thoughts on Offensive Rookie of the Year, and we can get to Defensive Rookie afterwards.
0: Sure. Uh, In all of the polling at the midseason point, especially off of the game that he just had prior to all the content being written, should be no surprise that C.J. Stroud won every single ballot or got every single first place vote, was the winner of Offensive Rookie of the Year at the midseason point. He's definitely far ahead. Um, I had a lot of money on him to win, and I took that equity, like the profit I would make, and I spent it on Will Levis and Bryce Young, and then C.J. Stroud had the greatest game of all time. So I'm kind of like, all right, Stroud wins, I break even, see you next year, like don't lose any money. And uh, that's kind of where I'm still at would i add anyone right now no and it's not that prices won't drop like Bijan's price could drop for sure you know like maybe there's a couple other players who could have big second halves of the season will levis could to be fair have a big second half of the season and do quite well just like the the amount of room that has to be made up like i'd want to see it a couple weeks and stroud will still be a very prohibitive favorite in a couple weeks like uh you know despite uh, even if he doesn't play very well, like this week against the Bengals, and Bijan has a really big game. Okay, Bijan's price will drop, but like the ground that has to be made up is massive. Uh, I think going forward, this is a dead market that's not worth discussing a lot for now. That doesn't mean it can't get interesting. And if we, if I see something interesting, I'll be sure to say it. It just feels like there's nothing interesting going on at this moment.
1: Uh, by the way, just for Houston, and we talked about the T. Higgins injury status, and he's not going to play on Sunday per and Rappaport. Uh, Nico Collins doesn't practice today with a calf injury for the Texans, and obviously he's been C.J. Stroud's number one receiver this year. So, like, may- maybe we'll get some more movement on this game. Like, we'll-, we'll see. This is shaping up as, like, a wild injury report coming up tomorrow for the Texans and the Bengals. Also, Keaton Mitchell added to the injury report today for the Ravens. Uh, he was really good last week for Baltimore and Seattle. We'll see about his status coming up tomorrow as well. Nick and Ken here on a Thursday talking NFL awards. That's Offensive Rookie of the Year. Ken, let's go to Defensive Rookie of the Year, where we have another big favorite in this market. Both like rookie markets are like, hey, here's a huge favorite for you. Uh, Jalen Carter of the Eagles, minus 300. Devin Witherspoon of Seattle, plus 300. Brian Branch of Detroit at about 12 to 1. Will Anderson of Houston, 14 to 1. Uh, anything cooking here or interesting here on Defensive Rookie of the Year?
0: Uh, so Carter won every. Midseason piece of content and that makes sense i think everybody's kind of gushed over him for for several weeks now that he's been so good at pressure rate and they don't play him a ton and maybe a sack number isn't big but like everybody kind of you know the uh, consensus is that he's awesome and that witherspoon is the consensus second choice and the market reflects that um just my only thing which is kind of a continuation of what we've talked about just It would be pretty uh not easy but it would be possible for someone to eclipse carter's very low sack number in the second half of the season potentially so this is not like i think stroud is more done than this is done and i don't even mean because the price is more like i I mean i think Stroud actually might be more likely to win than his price and maybe carter's this likely because there's no there's no contender yet just that like he's only ahead because everyone else is a zero not that he's done a lot so that's like how I would put it, where Stroud has actually accomplished a lot. Carter, like the sack number is really low. Just a name. I'll give a shout out to our guy, Femi, who hosts a show over at Visa. And he and I talk about awards. I mentioned him earlier in the week, just because this was a name that he brought up that he's monitoring, player that got bad a little bit, a player that came in third on a couple ballots uh Byron Young I think is the guy's name the defensive end for the Rams uh who was like 100 150 to 1 in the market gonna play a lot in the second half of the season only behind Carter by like a sack I think right now or they're, they're very close you would want if you were going to try to take aim at Carter with another player like you would obviously like an edge would be an easy add you would want someone who could like you know for example like let's say Carter finishes with a seven sacks and this guy has 10. Carter definitely wins Does that make any logical sense to anybody, by the way, if that happens? Like, that's still possible. Like, we could still get that in the market. And, like, everyone's going to yell pressure rate. Like, great. Voters still don't necessarily behave like that in terms of how they vote for stuff. They like, you know, people who do stuff. That's what they like. And Carter looks awesome. But, like, if the results aren't there, this kind of turns into Micah Parsons last year for Defensive Player of the Year where the number just wasn't there and Bosa got a lot of sacks. And so Bosa ended up winning. Could see the same thing playing out. Just like wanted to mention that name, Big Price, just something worth monitoring. I don't think there's a lot to add this week.
1: So, again, Carter, minus 300 right now at our show sponsor, BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Nick and Ken here on a Thursday. Uh, NFL awards here. Uh, we only have two more award markets to hit, and I think both of them are, like, a little meaty. But well, Coach of the Year definitely is maybe Comeback Player of the Year is as well. So, Ken, let's start the conversation on Coach of the Year, and we'll carry this into next hour on the show. Uh, at least one more full segment of awards, and we could probably stretch this out as well. Uh, Dan Campbell, the favorite to be Coach of the Year. Lions entered there by 6-2. and two. He was the favorite. And uh, they didn't lose or win. He's still the favorite. Dan 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 Campbell, 2-1. Mike McDaniel lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. He's still the second choice at 4-1. D'Amico Ryan's, uh, you know, C.J. Stroud's coach, uh, 6-1, along with Robert Sala. I was a little surprised by the Sala price just because the Jets lost by 21 on Monday night to the Chargers. John Harbaugh and and, uh, Nick Sirianni, both at 14-1. Doug Peterson is 16-1. Kevin O'Connell, America's coach, and Mike Tomlin, both at 22-1. Arthur Smith, 66. Mike Vrabel, 80 Sean Payton, 150 to one, a couple like long price coaches that I felt like mentioning with their prices associated, obviously, here. Uh, Can anything stand out to you in the coach of the year market?
0: It's it's usually a market that gets weird, uh, and it still can. After consuming all of the mid-season content, and and I've kind of had my own opinions about how this is going to play out as well, uh, I am forced to conclude that Dan Campbell is a really likely winner of this award, and in the mid-season content that was reflected. There were some other kind of more bizarre choices, um, but I do think he has a, currently a stranglehold on this award, as long as the team's performance doesn't suffer too much in the second half of the season, and it's actually less about, like i i still think they have to have a gaudy record in order to win something like 13 and 4 or better i just want to read their schedule in the second half of the season the lions are currently six and two they're a three-point favorite against the chargers coming up on sunday the games that follow that eight of them bears a uh, home bears home packers, home packers at when, Saints when when at bear at bears when home bro- home Broncos. Lost Viking and then they play the Vikings twice in the final three weeks and they play at Dallas in a really 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 fun game at weeks uh at Dallas in week 17. so like cool like Dobbs is a great story also it's Josh Dobbs twice in the final three weeks and those are the tough games so just what's a realistic win-loss record for this team think like 13 and 4 it's a really realistic win-loss record for this team maybe 14 and 3 uh you know haven't dropped Dallas five game at worst yeah but I mean they got to drop Dallas to be 12 and five got gonna drop Dallas one d- Dallas like at Minnesota and another game like and Sunday and five
1: at worst at yeah, worst right yeah
0: it's, it's just I just saying like at, you're right at worst but like I think that's like a really fringe outcome you're right that it's the bottom it's the floor though and just the way that this is being written about I have like I entered mid-season with the idea that 12 and five he would not win like that would not happen because it was only a three-game improvement and it was really unlikely that like someone else wouldn't emerge and just reading all the content of the midseason, this actually correlates to a couple other previous winners and the idea isn't even gonna be that they win a lot of games every time he's written about for this award it's that they they haven't won the division in forever they don't make the playoffs very often like this season kind of like ties a bow on the resurgence of the team and when you start to get that narrative the win-loss record becomes irrelevant to be perfectly honest and so like no one's even saying like oh man 14 13 plus wins and he gets it it's literally like yeah like nick writes roar restored like yeah like <laughs> has yeah, the roar been it.
1: restored yes no but like
0: yes but like yes like that's what they like that's what they're writing like it's not even a joke like that's what it is um so I, I i am sort of forced to conclude that like he is an insanely likely winner in the next segment we can talk about like okay like who could actually beat him and what would that look like i think it is a very very narrow band of candidates that have a chance to overtake this type of story um so that was a big thing that came through at the midseason point was like he's ahead and he's far ahead because like i'd actually don't even think he has to win much more to get the award
1: And that's Dan Campbell, the favorite to win Coach of the Year right now, uh, plus 200 on our show sponsor, BetMGM. Some more award conversation coming up next hour with Coach of the Year who could maybe beat Campbell, and then we will talk Comeback Player of the Year. Final hour of the show, Power Hour, will feature all our bets for tonight, but coming up next hour on the show, two great guests will join us as well, Joey Knish, Pro Sports Better. But coming up to start the hour, the host of ESPN College Game Day, the great Reese Davis.